sick burn us. Lil Bro Bevo. Lil Bro Bevo. Yeah. It kind of sounds like a nursery rhyme. We should make up a nursery rhyme. I hope I meet this guy at the Oregon at Minnesota game in Minneapolis whenever that happens. Because uh, I'm going to be in, I will be there and I will be insufferable. Nice. Well, if you're looking for him, he looks like a orange. <laughs> Maybe that's why he hates the bees, because if he looks like an orange, you know. No, I'd be like, his picture's really an orange. So I don't know how you'll ever find this man. Or woman. It could be, who knows? It could be an orange. It could be <laughs> just an orange. Yeah. All right, Benny. We need you, Benny. Now we're, we're wasting all this stuff on the fucking part of the pod that won't even... I'll have to get chopped and, chopped and screwed. And joining, joining the Zoom like a conquering hero. It's Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehage. Here's the nice piece of shit. Oh, yeah, and there is a nice little side of pee to go along with it. Did you put the shit in a brown paper bag and light it on fire on old man Marley's door doorstep so he can stop it out <laughs> with his boots? <laughs> Funny enough, Phil Knight lives right down the street. So. <laughs> Don't put it out with your boots, Janet! <laughs> Don't tell me my business, devil woman. This entire episode, I'm just going to quote a 1995 comedy starring Adam Sandler, because that's what our listeners want. <laughs> I will say, there probably hasn't been enough Billy Madison content on this podcast, because there's no amount of Billy Madison content is enough content. And this Shut podcast. That <laughs> Shampoo is better. No. Conditioner. <laughs> oh, you're welcome to everyone who's over 34 listening to this shit right now. And this shit right now that you're listening to right now, episode 103 of the Belligerent Bees podcast. We are recording this on Monday night, August 14th. We'll talk about this more in the show. But while simultaneously Oregon State Beaver legend Wade Meckler is making his debut in the show after spending basically 10 minutes, a.k.a. 10 games in AAA, a meteoric rise. Congratulations to Mr. Wade Meckler. What a, a big night for him, of course, but it's an even bigger night for my dear co-host, J.P. Bertram, because That's he's, of right. course, made his debut for the San Francisco Giants. That's right. And we got two beeves in the outfield today. Two beeves in the outfield. That's yeah. better than angels in the outfield. <laughs> yeah, unless one of them's Shohei Otani. Yeah, he basically right. counts. Yeah, because he can play. Shohei Otani is like the Jack Coletto of baseball players. Can you imagine next year when the Giants get Shohei Otani and we ha put him in left field? We have Wade Meckler in center field and Michael right. Conforto and in right field. still on the Niners and thus also starting at catcher for the Giants. Yeah. <laughs> or not, that's that's a little much. He's bullpen catcher on his days off. Hey, Coletto <laughs> was in on like a, a, a team tackle yesterday after, of course uh, he was. Of after course the he pick. Was. Yeah, that was... I don't know where he came from. I was like, watch, look. I was trying to show the mini bed bay in the replay. I'm like, look, 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 watch Coletta, watch There's for 33. Jackhammer, baby. And then you don't see him enter the frame like at all in the replay. Right. But when you, you watched it live, tackled the frame. He was like so fast. He was there before like the camera could catch him. It was incredible. It's pretty cool to see Coletto in an NFL uniform on the field, regardless if it's preseason or not. I mean, he carved a spot out for his position and his skill set at Oregon State. And it's nice to see that, uh, you know, at the professional level, people are taking notice of, of what he did. Because I, I think, like, Coletto doesn't have any specific skill set where he could excel at one position. And so he just, he jackknifed his way into into what he is. And, and I think that's pretty incredible. Yeah, he is a Jackknife. He yes. probably has a nice jackknife collection too. I bet he does. Attached to hammers. So many collections. <laughs> yeah, attached to hammers. <laughs> There's a hammer in the jackknife. <laughs> right. Well, you guys, I have to say, it's just really goddamn great to see you too. Yes. It's really, yeah. really great to come in here with some energy. 
with some smiles. Ben just p- picked up a giant pile of his dog shit. Yeah, it was <laughs> gross. JP and I were like, wow, <laughs> clowning Benny for taking a really long time picking up his dog shit. And maybe <laughs> some of those cracks will make it to the episode proper. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how JP and Andre cut this thing up once we go into post-production. That's not important. I think what's really important is I think something that was we we were all reminded of the last two weeks. It's been a hard two weeks for everyone across Beaver Nation. And that is that the importance is not to to dwell on this, though I, I support anyone who does want to dwell on this. I think everyone should handle the recent developments of college football in the way that's most productive and healthy for them. Uh, <laughs> my therapist this week was like, Terry, you, you, I don't want to interrupt, but you have 11 minutes left in your session. And we've talked about realignment the entire time. <laughs> and I'd like <laughs> us to talk about you a little bit. And I'm like, I'm talking about me. <laughs> it's coming down to the sh- suits, Sharon. Her name's not Sharon. I want to protect her identity, but that's basically what my reaction was. But she's a her. Sure. You already gave up half of her identity. Yep. We can narrow it down to half of the population, Terry. (laughs) We're we're figuring it out. Sorry. I'm going to be looking for a new therapist this time next week, am I? Uh, (laughs) But also just the conversations we've had since the last episode came out and since all this shit has come down, like, has reminded me how lucky we are to be who we are, to me be among the people that we're among, to be connected to this awesome community, and knowing that there will continue to be Beaver Athletics, Oregon State University is not going away, and we're all we're all still fucking here, and that is what matters, and it's easy to get caught up in the histrionics of all sports at all times. But, you know, the the amount of hope and optimism that's there, even though it's coded with, uh, you know, how uncertain everything seems, has been inspiring to me. And I think we want to go in this episode clean. We want to get in this episode focused. And I think we can all agree we'd be doing the Oregon State athletes a disservice if we continued sort of through the summer and into the fall being like, this is who fucked up the most. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I, just going th- we have so many football players on watch lists. We have uh, fall sports starting everywhere. There's so many good things to talk about. And our, our awesome um, university president, uh, Madam President Murthy, I thought made a fantastic statement that was published in the Oregonian. Yep. That I think we can just sort of say, if you haven't read it yet, go read it. It's, uh, it's on OSUBeavers.com. It's in the Oregonian in the opinion section. And... It just reads like someone who is in touch with the situation and someone who was hired to lead and knows how to lead. She's been on the job for a very short time. I don't envy her at all. 14 months. 14 months. Yeah, it's really not – none of this is fair for any of us. But I think I can speak for the three of us in saying like we're we're behind the school in in stepping towards acquiring – a very, very fruitful and wonderful future for Oregon State University, and we hope it comes. And yep. in the meantime, yo, like I, I have my Larry Scott, Kevin Warren, USC, UCLA president voodoo dolls that I am poking and fucking with. You don't need to worry about that, Beaver fans, for <laughs> for the sadistic Beaver fans among our listeners. Uh, we're still doing that, but we want to move forward productively. So I think as, as news comes, we'll talk about it. Uh, but we want to talk about sports, actual athletes, actual yes. field, especially football. This, I think that's a good call this week, mm-hmm. and I really, I really want to get into that. Um, I'm gonna attempt to bring back the Reagan beer segment briefly. We forgot it last we week. Did. I don't did know we? that we forgot it. I think it was like this episode just can't have it. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just it was just too much. Um, I'll even start. I've got a blue mountain backdropped by a silver bullet here Whoa, that i classy. did not pay for as i texted you, you guys I was at a cabin for fantasy football draft weekend with a bunch of guys who are all married and all have kids for the most part 
and it's there's like we're we're not we're not youngsters anymore we're in our mid-30s so there's way more beers left over by the end of the three days that a cabin <laughs> there used to be so it's like who wants to take these 58 coors lights home and i'm tired from 72 hours of drinking and talking about miles sanders in the sixth round myself <laughs> but everyone turns and goes like terry's got him just throw him in terry's car so <laughs> now my very adult fridge has just too many silver bullets in it and i'm uh slowly opening up fridge space by by drinking them so i have a coors light tonight and honestly nice. it it feels good it, it this is the second one that i've had so far i had a i had one while i was putting our show notes together and now here i am having silver bullet number two and hoping for um for a big hit from uh wade meckler in in his debut as i watch it behind jp i know you get to see if i yeah in, in his in his little yeah. Zoom screen uh so yeah silver bullet I've, I've had many light beers on this pod before it's not my go-to of it but you know I'll, I'll especially when the mountains are blue the coldest the what's that's their tagline the coldest tasting beer there is and it's <laughs> that means there's no taste <laughs> my fridge yeah <laughs> I, I taste cold. I taste beer. That's about it, and that's nice. all I need right now. Coors, Coors Light was like the uh, the fancy beer when we were at Oregon State. I mostly had what Natty Light, Keystone, Keystone Light was the big one. You could get the, the thirty rack at Keystone for Circle K uh, on Monroe for ten dollars. Yeah, when we were in school. That's wild. And but Keystone Light was like the Coors Light that Coors fucked up on. I think that's still what Keystone Light is. I think you might be right. It's, it's bad, like the bad Coors. Batch. Yeah. yeah. And Natty yeah. Light was around, Bush Light was around, of course. But like, yeah, if you saw someone with like Coors Light and Bud Light at a party, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, hey, money bags. Yeah, They're yeah, like, no kidding. This who is the fuck's this kid from like Lake Oswego or some shit? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Who's rich daddy bought him that Coors Light? Who bought a thirteen dollar thirty rack instead of a ten dollar thirty rack? What a pretentious dick. They Just must kidding. have gone to Seven Eleven and not Rite Aid. Do you remember the deals at Rite Aid? They're so good. Where was a Rite Aid in Corvallis when we were in school? There was a Rite Aid? Yeah, dude, on like Ninth and Circle or something. I couldn't get to Ninth and Circle when I lived spitting distance from Sevies. Well, also, I was gonna say when it comes to Sevies, Benny, you weren't uh, you weren't drinking Coors Light, of course. You were drinking Ford Loco. Yeah, yeah, but that was a late that was a late college development. Well, R.I.P. I did crush in enough Four Locos in my last two years in college to make up for the first four years of college. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you you yeah. did sprint to the finish line, as they say. <laughs> yeah. uh, were you? I I was a I was a Boone's Farm man for Ooh. for a while. I was a big Boone's no. man. Did you? Did you? Did you mm -mm. did you ever ride that train, Benny? I feel like you would. No, I did uh, Edward Edward Forty Hands with two Mad Dogs one Mad time, dogs. and that just that just ruined that type of wine. That ruined the concept of citrus wine. for you for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. What is Mad Dog? It's like a. Is it like a cooler? It's malt liquor. Malt. Yeah. It's, like, it's fruit fruit flavored malt liquor right like fruit flavored uh what was uh old english oe fruit flavored oe Ooh, Which... that actually sounds kind of good that sounds like a brass monkey brass monkey jp please play five seconds of brass monkey by the beastie boys <laughs> brass monkey, that monkey, monkey. Brass monkey, that's my first one in like a year <laughs> nah <laughs> Welcome back to the fold, but that's a good one too. I don't, I don't yeah. think we did. We have a five seconds last week. I think we're maybe we used some sad ones. Um, <laughs> I don't think we did. I guess last this is me confirming I didn't listen to the entire episode. <laughs> you know what? My my son and well, my kids and my wife listened to last week's episode. So did my family. Shout out my family. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate all of you who do listen in and uh, you know hearing from people about um, not like. I never heard from family first and foremost that money money family members like oh whoa like what's happening the beeves is crazy and then it's like hey heard episode 102 what's happening to the beeves is crazy so some of my family members are actually getting their oregon state news from me and us and that uh feels really special anyways my kids were listening to episode 102 and they uh 
I haven't heard it yet, really, but they told me that there are a lot of f bombs. Yeah, all from me, probably. So, yeah, we yeah, were definitely. I, 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 I'm on, glad for that spotlight to be on someone other than me, Benny. <laughs> did 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 the family members that got this breaking news from listening to episode 102 think that the actual university was on fire? Because that's the way it felt <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we haven't had a, a five second in a while. So good good call, Benny. Um, good call. I'll do that my beer great. speaking of Brass Monkeys because it's not a do Brass it. Monkey. Though we should do a Brass Monkey episode where we all drink Brass Monkeys. That'd be kind of fun. Mine, I'd be down for that. Mine is uh, – where'd Benny go? He got the finger, a puff of smoke, and then – he disappeared he's, like a magician. He, he's trying to get two bottles of Mad Dog 2020 to play Edward Forty Hands to to properly recreate his uh, his. All right, his well, second, his second junior year in Corvallis. There we go. Oh, he's getting new headphones. Those look like Spider Man headphones. They are. Nice. I think they're red. Yeah, and blue. Uh, blue? Yeah, uh, it's gray. Oh, nice. Like Miles Miles Morales Spider Man. Yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Dope. Uh, I just watched the I just watched the uh, end of that second movie tonight. Anyways, I was saying you messed up the transition here. It was beautiful. I was taking Terry from the mountains to the river. Because we are going to Russian River Brewing Company for, you guys will like this, a Belgian-inspired golden ale called Damnation. Ooh. Damnation, baby. Ooh. We're international. A Russian-named brewery with a (laughs) Belgian-style beer drank in the United States of America. Beaver fam is international. Damn right. And Beaver Beaver Nation is uh, you know, it's it's intergalactic. Mm-hmm. Actually. Oh. You wanna request it? Oh. JP, please play five seconds of intergalactic planetary <laughs> by the BC boys. Which I was I was gearing up for a different one. Is this the Beastie Boys episode? What's happening this is here? Maybe the Beastie Boys episode, but I'm also going to request an Indigo Girls song in like a second. No. <laughs> we need to bring the music back, JP. The children need it. <laughs> I, th- I think the song you wanted to request is called Sabotage. No, all this talk of rivers and mountains and stuff just reminds me of another great song, entirely different style, yep. but still a great song. Uh, JP, please play five seconds of Closer to Fine by the Indigo Girls. I went to Oh, I thought you were going to request that song where it's like, ain't no mountain high enough. <laughs> you mean the song Ain't No Mountain High Enough? Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah. Nice. I sang that song to my parents for their 40th wedding anniversary last year. Did you really? Yeah, with my and sister. And we have Elsa. not seen a video. No, it's really, really good, though. Like karaoke or were you acapella? Acapella. Well, uh, we had the music playing in the background. It was my altresis idea. There's a bunch of us up there. Was me there, and all my siblings. Were there musicians <laughs> there playing it? Or did you like no. play the back? So you played the backing music over a speaker and you Was and it Elsa the squeaky oaky version? It. DJ Squiggy no, no, but that w- it would be great to have DJ Squiggy Oki there. That would have uh, been great. We did not. Shout out Squiggy. Yeah. I wonder how he's doing. <laughs> yeah, shout out. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, Damnation from Russian River Brewing is yep. that, that is the entry, correct? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, drink up, Damnation. Uh, uh, Benny, I, I see, I saw you puffing on something. I see some smoke lines. Uh, flowing in your in your Zoom box here. Uh, what what do you have for us tonight? Yeah, so the smoke lines are is the incense I lit, so it doesn't smell completely like dog shit in the room that I'm recording in. Because um, that was where the dog shit that you were cleaning. Up. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yep. Yeah. It's yep. Yeah. So I, bl- I blame Larry Scott. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Larry Scott. Larry Scott um, no, I I have a uh, it's called M fused. Um, it's a THC vape pen, uh, which is really nice. It's it's um it's not too strong, so it's it's more just relaxing. Uh, so I'm I'm not gonna get quiet on this episode. There like you I go. do sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. Last few episodes, it's been uh not okay quiet. To, well, it's no. been not quiet, but also. Okay to be quiet and contemplative. <laughs> That's true. This mm-hmm. future. 
um, that uh, we're getting into. All right. Well, fucking cheers to episode 103. Cheers to the Beaver fam. If we want to start calling them damnation, I'm down. I'm down for that. I know that word has double meaning, but hell yeah, let's do it. And we've got a lot of fun stuff to get into. Cheers, cheers to Wade Meckler. To Wade Meckler. Yeah, Wade. And to the Revenge Tour, kicking Ooh. off in less than three weeks, baby. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to give a lot of props to our lovely co-host here, J.P. Bertram, on the development of the Revenge Tour merch, yes. which you can get at belligerentbeefs.com slash merch. Uh, shout to Damian Martinez for, for being the face of said Revenge Tour merch. Uh, shout to Damian Martinez's mom, mainly for being Damian Martinez's mom, <laughs> and also supporting us uh, with with said merch. Um, and also the the Beavers Never Say Die line of shirts and koozies that came out shortly before that. Uh, my inbox is literally just Squarespace. <laughs> order alerts <laughs> that I can't do anything with as I am not the provider, but I get the alerts that I'm like, thank you, Squarespace. Uh, so that's, that's very, um, you know, uh, you know, encouraging and ma- makes me very, very happy. Well, um, and, and let me just say uh, that these shirts, specifically the revenge tour one has, I think it taps into uh, probably what you're feeling as a member of the Beaver fam. Um, it oh, yeah. has a little extra spice to it. So okay. if you haven't seen it, check it out. It, uh-huh. it is a great shirt. Secret as spice. You know, our yes. episodes are always layered. There are a lot of Easter eggs. And if you start by re-listening to episode one, you'll you'll see the scavenger hunt connecting <laughs> each of the episodes. It's a narrative podcast, even if it doesn't sound like one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and there's just JP did a hell of a job yep. with these, and I, I love I love the way they turned out, and I love that that's our mentality headed into this year. And I don't think that we are the only ones expecting anything from uh, Oregon State football, which uh, probably wasn't true last year, even if it felt like felt like it, and it was probably that way the year before. But there are expectations, conference realignment, be damned, teams and uh coaches and writers and pundits and others are <laughs> noticing the beefs and declaring expectations for this team oregon state number 18 in both the coaches poll and the ap poll to start the season the the highest preseason ranking for them since 2001 i think there's a couple years uh while we were in college where we were on the, the outskirts of the top 25. I know we were in uh, maybe like low, like, like 2021, 20, uh, 22, a couple of times, but man, so we're, we're in the top 18 now and I can't help myself. Five teams from the conference within the top 20. What a terrible conference. Let's blow it up. Last one <laughs> of the episode, I promise. But anyway, I know we, we feel great when we're at our like like us against the world moment and we may have made a shirt that literally says us against the world <laughs> on it and we're not stepping away from that sentiment. <laughs> but like Jonathan Smith is not one of the coaches poll voters this year. Uh, and I mean, that's just one one vote. I think it's I, honestly, I think it is 69 coaches who make up the coaches poll. <laughs> not, I think that's ex- it's a it's a noise number of coaches. Um, <laughs> so it's like Jonathan. And I don't think he's the type of coach that'd be like, well, I'm putting us number one, uh, even though he should, because that's where we're going to end up. But wait for the yep. predictions episode for that. But yeah, like. I know we're kind of in this like, fuck everything, burn it down, let's kill everybody and run the table type stuff. But like, I think this is a pretty nice amount of respect. I would have liked to see us above that team from down the road just because we beat them last year and finished higher in the college football playoff rankings than them. And Based on recent events, it's hard not to play that comparison game. But eighteen and both, it is hard to be mad at that. Personally, I think that we're in the in the exact right spot that we want to be in. Yep. Um, being at eighteen shows uh, that there is a level of respect across the country, and I think that's both for the program um, uh, of where it is right now, uh, the players. Uh, obviously, but uh, Jonathan Smith and and they do deserve that level of respect. We know this in the Beaver fam, but 
Um, I think it's becoming obvious across the country that that this beef seam is for real and they shouldn't be taken lightly. Um, but the reason I say that we're in the perfect spot is uh, this year is going to be special. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but you do want that us against the world mentality. I think that's going to be a really, really big part of the season. Definitely from the fans perspective. I don't know how Jonathan Smith is going to really navigate those waters with the team. Um, but I like the fact that we're behind Utah, that we're behind that team from down south, because, you know, when we beat them, it's going to hurt that much more. Um, but it still keeps us, you know, sort of on the outside looking in uh, and and really adds to that us against the world mentality. So I think 18 uh, behind four other Pac-12 schools is, is a good spot. Yeah, I was, I'm in agreement with you there because. I don't really want us to lose or lose any weight from the chip on our shoulder. Yeah. And I think the, as, as backwards as this sounds, and one, I don't really think that the, the team really cares. Honestly, yeah, I don't think no, that they care. Yeah. We talked this last year. The rankings don't matter. They do not matter. When we went out, they don't matter. They do not matter. But please, let's talk about them for twelve minutes. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't even. I, I don't think we need to talk about like where they are or what number right. we're at. But I do think it's it, impossible it, not to have that reaction, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they, like to the players, they don't matter. So the fans, they shouldn't really either. I mean, it's it's like at this sure. point, there's just uh, talking points. But yeah. but I do think. That the word gets back to the players, obviously, no matter how much they try to ignore the noise, no matter how much the coaches right. try to keep the outside noise from infiltrating, you know, practice, uh, film outside of anything in the program, it'll still happen. Um, and if Oregon State comes in like 12 in the AP poll, players hear about it and they're kind of like, eh, cool, yeah, maybe that's a good fit for us. Happy with that respect. You know, and I think if it goes the other way, uh, oh, 18, no, man, and we're behind who? Like, that just adds just a little bit, shows a little bit more dirt on top of the pile. So I like it. I'm fine with it, whatever. I think that it's, uh, it is what it is. Like, maybe it's fair. Uh, we'll prove it out on the field. That's where it all comes down to it. Um, when it comes to comparison, though, of these rankings, that's where I think it's silly. And, like, you know, you brought up Oregon being ranked ahead of us. Um, that's just like the the super senior white quarterback. I fallacy. did not. I did not say the word Oregon. Okay. Well, <laughs> the team there are down other south. southern team team from down the road could be a number. But I, yes, I was referring to Oregon. Fuck, fuck those guys. I don't like those guys. I'm gonna be way meaner about the Ducks this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, me too. I feel like. <laughs> Can you get Peter Benny? <laughs> I yeah, feel like we'll find out. I'm the one that's just like not. I'm the one that's not actively wanting to burn down the entire city of Eugene. Maybe just part of it, and just keeping this from being like a completely like Oregon hate podcast. But like those drains are off now because yeah. Oh yeah. Fuck everything. And fuck oh, you. Oh, it's Oregon. on. Fuck you. Moms. Well, so, I, and <laughs> so you bring up a good point that, um, I, where JP said, I don't know if the players are really going to care. I agree I with you. Care. I, I, I don't think that they care about the larger scope of what's going on, but I do think the fans do. And I think that, uh, the, the <laughs> animosity of the fans can really infiltrate the players if they're i mean i know we are moving on from this mantra and i think right. we should but i'm just saying the the players don't care right now i really don't think that they do but i think when that first pack 12 home game comes right i think the players will i i think what you're getting it's like the we all needed the reminder that this team is very good yeah and we should be very excited about them yes because it's been hard to remind ourselves of that recently. And I agree with JP too. Like, had it been like six spots lower, I'd be like, come on, like 24, really? But yeah. had it been six spots higher, like you mentioned JP 12, I'd be like, oh, that's oh, oh, that's up there. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd be a little scared. Um, but I mean, the reason is, and just to get down our, our more like our, our talking points on, on football, like, uh, on the respect thing, like Damian Martinez, <laughs> Doak Walker <laughs> Award watch list, yeah. uh, Katana Latapo, Bednarik Award watch list, Jake Levengood, Remington Award watch list, Anthony Gould, Horning and Werfel Award uh, watch list. And that's not even everybody. Like more watch lists were out earlier in the summer when we were taking our little hiatus. Uh, the translation to that is we should be excited as hell for, for, the, for this team. I know 
it's the watch list honor preseason watch list. Um, Gould and Martinez were both preseason All Americans uh, by famed college football writer Phil Steele, which is a great honor as well. But this is yeah, the, these are honors bestowed upon teams that should have a lot of excitement around them. And they're not honors that I think we've had in, in a while. And certainly even in like the era of us starting this podcast, like yep. there hasn't been this many preseason accolades or expectations from the outside placed upon this team. And that's obviously a, a burden to carry for, for the team, but they're backing it up. And they're the word out of Corvallis right now with this scrimmage that just happened is there's no reason for that optimism to be like extinguished at all. Like this latest scrimmage, like only, only feeds to the, the fodder that Oregon state is a player for the PAC 12 conference title this year, which is still something that's going to happen. Yeah. We're forgetting this with all of this other bullshit that's going on. But I was telling a, a friend of mine this weekend who is like, just trying to like get an understanding of how heartbreaking this all is. I was like, dude, before any of this came up, I was like, we can win the conference this year. And yeah. that doesn't change. We can still win the conference this year. I, I think that we all thought that we could win the conference before DJU came in. Uh, from all indications and everything that I've read, it sounds like he's absolutely tearing it up. Uh, it sounds like Aiden Childs is absolutely tearing it up as well. Yeah. Uh, those are two things or one thing with quarterback play that we haven't had for a really long Spend time. A minute. But I will say the thing that I'm most, um, I wouldn't say excited for, but excited to see was Oladapo on the watch list yeah. because that to me is where a lot of the season is going to hinge upon is, is that secondary that was so, so good last year. And we're losing three key members, right? right. Uh, with Austin Wright and uh, Jaden Grant. And so Oladapo has some really not big shoes to fill because he's a big part of that last year, but right. they need to be really, really good for the beefs that be if played in the Pac-12 10. he has a monster year, sky's the limit. 100%. And I'm not saying that just like, it's just that nasty safety in the secondary. Like if he's out there making plays the way he has, mm -hmm. and maybe just takes like one step further with Elton Julian coming back. Yeah, some of these young yeah. guys who Good have been point. fantastic as well. Like, I just want to see Oladapo out there just sticking dudes. He's been mm -hmm. so fun, it's such a crucial part of our rebuild. And we have the and same he, color hair. Yeah, he, has, he and, and JP have the same color hair. And he went to Central Catholic. And he went to Central Catholic. Does yeah. he have anything in common with me? We both we went to Oregon State, so yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> But I think I think you you have the secondary that's a, a big pivotal point, and you have who's going to fill Omar's spot in the linebacking sure, core, right? Yeah. Like those those are two big spots. The offense, I'm not worried about it. All. I'm not worried about the offense at all. Not in the least bit. Even, we we will be able to run the score up in, in a lot of the games that we play. It's about the defense. Yeah, I was ready. I, I was I was sad to see Jam Griffin leave and head to to Ole Miss, but even with him gone. The running back room is nasty and can, I think, sustain the wear and tear that a season brings naturally <clears throat> with Martinez and Fenwick at the, at the, at the, at the top. And we saw, we saw what Newell can do and, you know, with Gavin Hayes and uh, Reichel behind him, like I, I, I'm very, I mean, I feel very comfortable about where the running game's at. We celebrate Damien on the on the Doak Walker watch list, but like, let's not forget that Deshaun Fenwick was also on that watch list last year. Yeah, and so got hurt when it comes to and right, but like, what, what I mean is, if when it comes to this year, the talent in the backfield is right. is clearly I, uh, top notch. We just had a player, a, a running back, transfer to an SEC school because he wasn't getting enough playing time or he wasn't going to be getting enough playing time at Oregon State. Do you know how crazy that is? Like, our running back room is stacked. Yep. Yeah. It's stacked. Lane Kiffin retweeted that he entered the portal. Like an article from 24-7 Sports about how Jam entered the portal. Didn't he, It wasn't even about that he was going to Ole Miss. And Lane uh, gave it a retweet. <laughs> So no, he, he, I, I, he showed his hand a bit Yeah, in, in that part of the offense too. And Dashiell wrote about this today, today or yesterday 
Um, just about the tight end group and how Coach Wozniak said this is probably his deepest tight end group, which says a lot from, yeah. from the guy who has coached Luke Musgrave, Tegan Katoriano, and Noah Togiai. Uh, I think if we're playing fantasy football with college football, which is I don't, that's probably a week away from happening. Uh, week one at, week games. one at san jose state at, <laughs> jack jack Vellian's gonna feast in week one and yeah. probably all season but i just you know feel like we're gonna go in run heavy right away but we'll be having our multiple tight end sets and Velling flashed so much last year and there's just gonna be so many plays where it's like we want whether it's dj aiden or ben starting we're gonna want them to you know get get in that rhythm feel comfortable it's going to be dj starting but you know we have to be diplomatic here and say all three uh but i think there'll be like like play action quick hitters uh to the tight ends i think velian's going to be super involved early on uh jermaine terry the second uh the most likely jersey that i am to buy this year (laughs) (laughs) the i know where we've always been it's been kind of a i mean i think it's a beaver fan thing these last like three years but certainly on this podcast we've sort of bemoaned the lack of height and, you know, just build in the receiver room, as much as we love guys like Anthony Gould and, and Silas Bolden, uh, no one's mistaking them for Randy Moss when they get off the bus. Uh, Jermaine <laughs> Terry is a house. That dude is massive. Uh, and, like, Jake Overman is been, like, like Oladapo, just a dude who's been on this team for so long, so central to the foundation that's been built here. I believe his father, Gary Overman, was one of our first dad, football dads following the show. So thank you again for the support, Mr. Overman. I wouldn't be surprised um, if Jake had a, pr- a pretty meaningful year. Like, he's been a tenacious blocker, so, like, there'll always be reason for him to be on the field. Uh, so I can see, just see, you know, us, especially early in the year, wanting to pr- like say, because there's been a lot of national shit coming down on DJ and just trying to simplify the offense, especially with the schedule that we have, not trying to take anyone for granted, but like, let's just hit as many completions as we can early. We don't need to throw for 500 yards, but we just need to be efficient in the passing game to make it commensurate with the running game. And I think we're going to lean heavy on the tight ends early. So I think you could see, I think that could translate to Velling having the biggest season an Oregon state tight end has had like, like since Newton or even, even bigger than the Newton, like since us, uh, all all those great tight ends through the years. Like, I think he's going to be a security blanket, but also a security blanket that can (laughs) make some big plays as we saw uh, him, him do later, later in the year. So I'm, not worried about the offense even a little bit. No, no. And and the the you know position that doesn't get talked about at all for any team, the offensive line has uh, been consistently ranked in the top 10. Uh, I've seen a couple, um, actually more than a couple of Oregon State's offensive line being in the top five in the country. So you match that with, with DJ and Aiden. And, and if something happened to DJ and Aiden was starting game one, I would be totally fine with that. Um, I mean, he he has been off the charts good since he's come to Oregon State. And you have Gold coming back, who is a flash in terms of how fast he is. As good as Gold. As good as Gold and Silas coming back. You have the tight end room and then you have the running back room. I mean, it could be, and I'm not saying that I think it's going to be, but it could be a historically good offense in terms of the Pac-12 as a conference and not just Oregon State. I mean, it is it is set up to potentially be that. Um, and, and like you're right, I'm, I'm not worried about the offense and it really does come down to um, how good's the defense and how good is Everett Hayes going to be? I think that's that's the big one as well. San Jose State, less than three weeks away. Individual uh, game ticket sales are available now. They are. Oh, nice. Get yep. up. I think I, I know we've got scheduling conflicts. I think I'm going to be there for that UC Davis game. I think I have to be. Yeah, I am. Sorry, Ted. Are you saying for the whole game? Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, thought, sorry, Ted. I thought, I thought that was out of the question. JP, are you staying for the whole game? <laughs> no okay that's all right but also i've confirmed we have other friends that did not get invited to that wedding so i won't be by myself and i wouldn't mind being even by myself with a brand new research stadium to explore (laughs) everything i'd ever need oh man we have to talk about wade meckler and this meteoric rise to major league baseball though for 
JP's San Francisco Giants, Andale Los Gigantes, Wade Meckler, the only player from the 2022 baseball team who played in all 66 games for the Beavs that year, Mr. Reliable, makes it to the majors after only 92 games played in the minors, ten, only 10 of those coming in AAA. Uh, got up there quick, walked as much as he struck out. Typical of, of what we've come to expect from Wade Meckler. That's 92 games in the minors. Just for comparison, uh, that that's impressive as an eighth-round draft pick for comparison. First-round pick, number one overall pick, sorry. Number one overall pick, Adley Rutschman, 180 games in the minors before he got called up to the show. I know position and stuff is different, injuries, whatever. Wade Meckler starts tonight in the outfield for the Giants alongside Michael Conforto. Ayo. They lost, but he, he got on base. He got a walk, as as he often does. But J- JP, how excited are you about this Wade Meckler development making it to the show on your favorite team? When he got drafted in the eighth round, I thought immediate steal for one. And I knew it would be a matter of time before he made the big leagues. But I don't know if I ever envisioned the possibility of him doing it in just over 400 days. <laughs> That is insane. There's only been, I think, three other players in the 2022 draft who have broken through to the big leagues thus far. So he is number four. Uh, and in being the eighth rounder, um, that is definitely one of those situations that nobody would have ever had foreseen happening. He came up partly because of injury. So Mike Ostremski was injured. He also forced his way up. And so I, I think that this needs to be pretty clear uh, that this man didn't just like burn through the minors. He hit 377 through through four levels of the minor leagues. And the only reason that his average was uh, dipped below 400 was in the Eastern League, which is always known uh, to be a pitcher-friendly uh, level, double-A baseball. So 439 in low-A, 456 in high, 336 in double-A, and then over 10 games in triple-A. 400 and i remember people following on social media where they said there's no way this guy's gonna keep hitting right like look at double a how he you know he, he took a bit of a dip there when you got called up to the uh sac sacramento river cats and i was wondering that too like, like how's it gonna how's he gonna do and you know 400 over 10 games um it's definitely not a flash in the pan and, and wade i think anyone who watched him play at oregon state or knows his background knows his story knows that this guy is driven to do just this and more uh, and play Major League Baseball, play at a high level. Um, and, and I think he's going to be a contributor for this team for a long time. It's really exciting to see another Beaver make their way on the stage and, and do so in a fashion that excites fan bases beyond just the home team. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it is it is incredible. I And I... Uh prefacing by saying i am a very big baseball fan right now that is a relatively new thing for me um but it does seem like somebody that played on the 2022 oregon state team playing in the major leagues in the 2023 season is incredibly fast uh especially for an eighth rounder it doesn't seem like that would really happen uh often at all um, and I think like pitching is obviously getting significantly better at each level, especially going into double A and then triple A. And the fact that he was able to uh, keep the the batting average uh, over 300 for all levels um, is incredible. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have the best start today, but uh, he got the start well, batted second. He got on base. The game is not over. Well, We're he going... had some pretty you know, shitty calls for his first couple of bats that, uh, you know, the, the umpire was called a, a, calling a wide zone. But, Ben, like you were saying, if there was one guy you were thinking that was going to make the major leagues uh, first from the 2022 Oregon State baseball team, it would have been Jacob Mellon. For sure. Right? I mean, like, that was – you're not, like, okay. not me, noted Jacob Melton hater. Of- <laughs> yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Hitting, that is a bit – for anyone new, I do not hate Jacob Melton. I was just unfairly accused of such a heinous thing. Our first NIL deal, <laughs> Jacob Melton. NIL deal, Jacob Melton. <laughs> oh my God, I love you, Jacob Melton. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> Wade Meckler also batting second tonight behind 
first baseman Lamont Wade. I know La- when I saw Lamont Wade, Lamont Wade Meckler, which means <laughs> they stood next to each other in in the lineups as the national anthem was sung, and that's just awesome. And it spelled his name out, his full <laughs> yeah. name. It spelled his first awesome. and last name out. Uh, he has so to good. bat behind Lamont Wade his entire career. Late night Lamont. <laughs> um, right now, so update. That game is not over. It's close. The Giants are at bat in the bottom of the ninth. They're down 10-2. to two, And Brandon Crawford led off the inning, batting eighth. And he grounded out. So we need we need a Camargo and a Jalen Davis to reach. What one of the two of JD them? JD Davis. Reach. I worked with a girl named Janie Davis, Whoa. who was a big Giants fan too. So maybe she maybe she's go. related cool. to JD Davis. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds like the same name, but it's not. Um, so I don't know if we're going to live broadcast the end of this almost inevitable Giants loss. If this is a comeback win that starts with a Wade Meckler hit, we will go fucking bananas. But that content <laughs> will probably have to be on Patreon because it would take an, another couple hours for, for, for that to totally come to fruition. Right. Um, I would we guess, lost, but um, uh, it's, over. it's over. Okay. Well, either way, welcome so, to the show, Wade Meckler. First game of the show, yeah. Wado Meckler. We love you, and we know you're going to do great. And also, not to be overlooked, Oregon State baseball coaching staff welcoming back not only an Oregon State legend, but also a St. Paul Saints legend, Joey Wong, Mm. back into the fold. One of my favorite Beaver baseball players ever, who also came and balled in the Twin Cities for a little bit before the St. Paul Saints were... Uh, you know, captured by Major League Baseball and forced to be the uh, affiliate of the Minnesota Twins back when they were still independent. They're, they're, they're still fun. It's fine. But Joey Wong, a great St. Paul Saint, a great Oregon State beef back home. Does, does that happen often in sports across the country, collegiate sports across the country, where you have so many members of previous teams of that school now coaching? Is Darwin Barney still on the coaching staff? No, so that's that's who Wong's filling in for is Darwin Got Barney. It. So Darwin okay. is out, Joey is in. To answer your question, yes, but no, not in the way that Oregon State's doing it because most of these schools bring back some of their players who fizzle out pretty early in the minors and then decide maybe coaching is the path I'd like to go to. While I decide that, bring me on as like an assistant. Yeah. Uh, baseball is, you know, kind of, well, pretty much every sport uh, is handcuffed when it comes to the coaches that you're allowed to have. But baseball, softball especially need to have, you know, a certain amount of coaches because of the different types of positions and players that they have. Um, and that's why they rely so much on these like unpaid assistants. I'm curious why uh, Darwin decided to hang him up. Um, maybe he had, I know he's doing some clinics and coaching and whatnot outside of uh, Oregon State, but. Maybe that means that I can someday share my Darwin Barney college story on Patreon. <laughs> I mean, I still hope that Darwin Barney will come on the podcast and share your Darwin Barney college story. Yeah. <laughs> it might be easier for him to talk about now that he's uh, no longer employed with the university. Right. <laughs> that, might be, that might be easier. We'll have to make that ask again. I think the the ask itself is what uh, got us ghosted. It, 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 it may have been. It may have been. But one of us will play golf with him again, and we'll we'll get it all all figured out. I'm I'm confident. Hey, we got some sports though kicking off literally this week. Serving we it up and kicking off. Serving it up, kicking off. Volleyball had its opening scrimmage. That good friend of the pod, Scott Erlings, was at. And also Oregon State soccer, mixing it up, getting ready. Uh, more seasons of high, high expectations on the pitch uh, for for both uh, men's and women's soccer at Oregon State. It's going to be a busy fall. It really yeah. will be. And get out to support these teams. I think this yeah. is the most critical, the most critical we gotta, year. We can, 
to get we out got, and we can't all forget about runs. starting frenzies at Paul Lorenzi. Absolutely. That, that matters too now more than this ever. Yep. Don't forget that all this realignment shit is fucking over these non-football athletes the worst. The worst. Yep. And it's unlikely that programs will be cut because there are, you know, rules in place to at least for now to <laughs> ensure that colleges have their their 16 uh sports programs in place but you know make sure that you're out there they deserve our support you know 10 times over than than they ever have um but i got yeah i think mckenna golden boot winner in the pac-12 this year Mm. calling it calling it now it's an easy prediction yeah yeah Yeah. way to go out on a limb yeah It's like no duh. Sorry, I just talked about supporting our. <laughs> wow, what an obvious supportive thing to say, you piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, you guys, give me a break. Um, no, I'm yeah, I'm I'm excited for the for for the footy. Um, at Paul Lorenz this year. I think they play. Oh, it, they played Southern on Friday. It just says completed. It does not. Yeah, it was a scrimmage. Anymore. Yeah. Uh, mm. uh, Western Saturday, August nineteenth. Western Washington Saturday, August nineteenth. I think that's also more scrimmages. I think the regular season proper begins for men's soccer uh, on Thursday, August twenty fourth against Florida International. And then they also play UC Riverside that Sunday, the 27th of August. So nice. Well, yeah, we got uh, out there. The women's too is USF. They do open. That is at USF San Francisco. Nice. Uh, that is a that is a real non-exhibition game. Thursday, 6 p.m. Then they go down to Santa Clara. Then they go down. Oh no! Then they come back up and play UC San Diego, and that's uh, August 24th, Thursday, 2 p.m. Dude, that is a San Francisco and Santa Clara, that is a hard <laughs> non-conference start. That yeah, is a those, very those cool schools, non-conference start very cool if you're non- talking about locations. I mean, if you're talking about the trip, but, I mean, those <laughs> teams are good. Uh, that uh, Thursday, August 24th game is also on Pac-12 Oregon. Um, for Anyways, the, uh, men's and women's, that's I'm a doubleheader on the 24th. I'm just trying to that's a That's a doubleheader. Start that's a frenzy a all day. That's an, an endless all, frenzy. It's going to be a long frenzy. frenzy. That's an all-day frenzy starting at 2 and ending at, like, 8. Never ending. Never ending. Well, the frenzy never ends. Yeah, like this episode. Never never ends with friends. Like this, <laughs> like this episode. <laughs> uh, we're still below the average time. It's true. Should we wrap it up to be to yeah. be below average time? Yeah. Um, one last shout out. Uh, the bracket is set for the NIT season tip off, which features your Oregon State men's basketball team, who will play Baylor on Wednesday, November twenty second. That's the day before Thanksgiving, and then on the day after Thanksgiving, they will play uh, the winner of Florida, or they'll they'll play some team out of Florida or Pittsburgh. Um, that's the same day that the football team plays, uh, has a game as noted on the revenge tour against traders in nowhere, Oregon. <laughs> hey, also fun fact, Florida and Pittsburgh are two of the schools, uh, that have played in bowl games with Oregon state in like their last four or five trips. That's true. And yeah. lost to Oregon state. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I was scored, at both and scored three points combined against Oregon state. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Talking about good defense. Right. Yeah. Teams featuring Anthony Richardson, who didn't play, but that doesn't matter. And LaShawn McCoy, who definitely did play. Remember LaShawn shady McCoy. <laughs> yeah. He won you. If you're listening to this podcast and you're above the age of 30, he won you or someone you hate at least one fantasy football championship for sure and his worst football game ever was against the oregon state beavers in el paso texas in where at el paso texas <laughs> benny's yeah. town as a charmingly drunk benny Weehage was screaming from the sidelines <laughs> in the most thrilling three nil American football game that's ever taken place. I have seen it be called the worst college football game in modern history. It wasn't though. I was there. It was not the worst. It was the game that made Johnny Hecker, the original Johnny football, 
the legend he he is. Yeah. And, but why he's still in the NFL with the Panthers? That was uh 15 years ago, 14 years ago. Mm. Been a and, long time. And and Johnny, the other Johnny Football, the second Johnny Football is not. So it's not. Yep. It's Shout science. Out Johnny yeah. It's science. LaShawn McCoy's not in the NFL anymore either. Oh. And Johnny mm. Hecker is. Why yeah. do you think that happened? There's <laughs> nothing science, to do with positions. Nothing. Nothing to do with positions. Nothing to do with overly long podcast episodes. Anyway, I think that's a wrap for episode 103. Getting back to being purveyors of positivity. Getting the ship righted. Getting the revenge tour started. Getting excited. Going to see all of you at Reeser on September 9th. As we tick off win number two on this incredible season. How far, how high ranked will we be at that point? We'll find out then. But it's number 18 in both of the big time polls for now. Can't make any complaints about being ignored. We are here. We are ranked. There are little numbers by our name. Remember the first episode that we got to do that on? When we had little numbers by our name. I think it happened last year. And we made a thing about talking about the little numbers by our name. And we wax nostalgic about the little numbers by our name. Now we got more little numbers by our name. Can't overlook the small victories, even while the the bad men are trying to ruin everything we hold dear. We still got us. We all we got, we all we need. And you still can't spell Chopin without hope. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Belligerent Peace Podcast. Follow us everywhere on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Spotify, X, Blue Sky, X, Blue, Blue Sky, X. Uh, follow us on watching the movie TripleX.com. There's a belligerent piece no. reference in a deleted scene somewhere. Uh, Vin Diesel is an Oregon State fan. He loves the show. Uh, Friendster, MySpace. Definitely don't go to TripleX.com. Not on a work. Yeah. Wait, I is- said triple X, the movie TripleX. I get it. I'm just warning people. Betty, you for sure own the DVD of the movie Triple X starring Vin Diesel. Oh, it has Vin Diesel? As Triple X. It's not porn. But we are also on OnlyFans. (laughs) Thank you for reminding (laughs) me. Follow uh, at Belligerent at Belligerent Beeves. Please, please, please give us a five-star review Uh, And like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And please recommend the show to a friend. And also, as a reminder, we are trying this Oregon State Popularity Contest World Takeover. Tell the college football casual or the neutral or the person who's never watched college football in their lives to cheer for Oregon State this year. We are trying to win hearts over one heart, one soul, one kindred spirit at a time. Just by opening up spaces in our love covenant, moving over on the bandwagon, cop aboard, friend. We're not judging. We're not being selective about this. We want as many numbers supporting Oregon State in this pivotal fall as we can fucking get, baby. So don't give up. Don't give up fighting the good fight. We'll be here every step of the way with y'all. Thank you so much for listening to the show. My name's Terry Horseman at Terry Horseman on Twitter.x. Whatever the fuck that website's called now. And at Terrence Horseman on Instagram.com slash Bridgerton. I am, of course, joined by my best fucking friends from college. My goddamn guys who I'm just so excited to see every week. I'm not going to let the bad men ruin my spirit. Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehage in Tacoma, Washington, a.k.a. Benny with the good quaff, a.k.a. Benny Bedlam, because he's fucking crazy, folks, a.k.a. Benny Bullgame, a.k.a. Benny Blastoff, a.k.a. Benny Burner, a.k.a. another one I'm for sure forgetting. He's at Benny L. Benny, Benny Scoops! <laughs> Can't forget Benny Scoops. <laughs> I, I think I always forget Benny Scoops. <laughs> it's been a while since you, Be- Benny. You gotta scoop something this week that's not your dog shit off of the floor th- in the room that you podcast. <laughs> that was a big yuck. Yeah, that was Benny poops. Even though it wasn't your poop, but here's a nice piece. Of shit. He called the shit poop. He called the shit poop. He's Benny L1986 on all of the social media channels. And our guy behind the ones and twos making the whole thing go. Uh, the architect of the revenge tour. The designer of the beavers never say die. The creator 
of all of your favorite belligerent beefs merch that's a reminder to go to belligerentbeefsmerch.com jp bertram at jp bertram on instagram at the trio j on twitter that's at the underscore trio underscore j because he's too trio to be real folks thank you once again for tuning in to 103 episodes that's crazy 103 wild did either of you have either of you ever known anyone who lived to be 103 years old no no oh yeah i kind of did i think one of my great grandmas did but i think she was also a terrible person so (laughs) you win love your great grandma i know i don't (laughs) Well, that that'll be that'll be a Patreon exclusive episode. No, uh, but anyway, thank you for being with us for 103 episodes, uh, podcast episodes, uh, podcast years equals the same as human years, I guess. So, tune in again next week. We will talk to you then. Uh, and always remember that you can't spell Chopham without hope. So. Chop them. Chop them. Chop them. Bring back Bernice. And get ready for the 2023 Revenge Tour, baby.